Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. To the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He's host of Off the Pike on The Ringer, as well as Spotify. His name is Brian Barrett, and he joins us here on 92.3 The Fan. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well, Jonathan. Before we get going, let me just thank Shane Bieber. Let me thank Josh Naylor. Let me thank Jose Ramirez. <laughs> I really appreciate what they did to the Yankees today. And I hope they can continue this and just beat the Yankees because all I got going right now is rooting against the Yankees in the postseason. So thank you very much to those guys. It was music to my ears to listen to your coworker JJ, John Jastrzemski, and some of the calls he was taking as New York fans. It, the sky was falling, Brian. It was a disaster for them. Hey, they're in trouble, man. I told you yesterday when you graciously came on my podcast that they got McKenzie going tomorrow. I mean, the Yankees are in serious trouble. And if the Yankees lose this series, it'd be nice to see. Well, actually, no. We don't want, as Red Sox fans, we don't want Aaron Boone fired because <laughs> he is about a third of the manager that Alex Cora is. So we want to keep Aaron Boone around. So maybe that would be bad, but I, I got to see the Yankees go down. And it's one thing to go down to the Astros. No offense to the Guardians, but you go down to the Astros, like that's basically the team of the sport over the past, I don't know, five, six years or so, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You go down to the Guardians when you had that lead in the division the entire season. That's a totally different situation for Boone and company. You know, I gave you crap last night because we were talking about Tito, and I was trying to find a way where Tito could end up being uh, considered more of a Guardians manager long-term than he was a Red Sox manager, but he did win two titles. And I said, I, what I told you is I was like, they're just going to put a statue out there, and we're just going to have to give him more gifts, and we're going to have to celebrate him more. We, we might have to make every single, like one, once a year is Terry Francona Day in the city of Cleveland. That's the only way we're going to win this battle. But he's on his way. If you take down the Yankees, then you take down the Astros, and then let's say you take down the Dodgers, and you go through just a murderer's row of all-time great baseball teams right now on your way to a World Series, that one World Series, Brian, might be that much more impressive than anything he did in Boston, even breaking a curse, which, by the way, I looked up and did the numbers. The Guardians, have long, they've gone more years than the Red Sox did Within their first course. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Okay, well, okay, let's hold on. That was a lot there. That was a lot there. You do you do realize the Red Sox are down three games to none, right? Like, I know. Like, I, I lost a $20 bet based off of that. Of sports. There, there's literally, well, maybe 28 to three where the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons. But, I mean, in terms of, you, you'll never see that again, that type of series. But, I mean, it, it is a, <laughs> it's a good point because, I mean, you mentioned it out. I mean, let's crawl before we walk here. I mean, you got to beat the uh-huh. Yankees before you go through the rest that's, of the That's teams. right. That we, we did just win one game. Remarkable yeah. run. 
Yeah, we did just win one game. Uh, what's you reminded me of that that series because I was I was 15 years old at that point, and I was that was my horse racing gambling days and, and my uh, late night bowling gambling days. I was, I was I was such a degenerate at 15 years old. It's amazing, and I learned the hard lesson. I remember I remember watching that series, and Red Sox are down three games to nothing, and I said everyone in the room. I said, I said, Red Sox aren't coming back. You guys are blind. What the hell are you talking about? Because everyone was like, oh, Red Sox, they, you know, they have a chance here still. And I'm like, what do you know? They're down 3 nothing. That doesn't happen in baseball. It doesn't happen. It's not going to happen here. It's never going to happen. I said, I'll give everyone in the room 20 bucks if they come back and win this series. And there was five people in the room, and I ended up paying up 100 bucks. And that was the, the lesson I learned there, Brian, was you never make a one-sided bet. You never make a bet with nothing in return. And uh, I learned, and I paid heavily. Yeah, I mean, I... I still can't believe that happened. It's famous, like Kevin Millar telling Dan Shaughnessy of the Globe at the time, like, hey, don't let us win tonight because then we got Petey going, et cetera. And, man, by the time it got to game seven, it was just like the Yankees were done. That was like a massive celebration. Johnny Damon hit the grand slam. But once they got to that and then it was like, okay, they're playing the Cardinals. Like, really? The Cardinals going to try to beat the Red Sox? (laughs) At that time, like the sport, it was really an arms race between the two teams. And, Remember, they had gotten Alex Rodriguez, who the Red Sox, in principle, had agreed to mm-hmm. to pick him up in a trade. But A-Rod, the trade didn't happen because the Players Association, they were essentially like, no, you cannot take a pay cut, which I understand it from the Players Association's perspective. But that's the only reason they didn't get A-Rod. And the Red Sox would have had the guy on the team, and it ends up being like A-Rod becomes like the most hated Yankee at that time because – Remember, he, like, hit the ball out of the glove when he was going to first base. It was, like, the most Bush League thing you would ever see. But, I, I mean, I guess it made out for good drama because that was one of the big turning points of the season when Baratek and A-Rod started that brawl. Now, let me ask you something. Uh, here in Cleveland, Draft Day, the movie Draft Day is – I like the movie. Most people just hate the movie. It just is what it is. Most people just – they just crap on the movie 24-7, whatever. Uh, fever Pitch – was made with the 2004 World Series. They had to change the script to make the 2004 World Series where they actually then ended up winning, right? Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore. Do people in Boston hate that movie? I low-key love that movie, Brian. Okay, uh, first things first. Draft day, correct me if I'm wrong, that's Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, Jennifer Garner. They make one of the re- yeah. more ridiculous draft day trades. It, you, it wouldn't happen in NFL. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, they, they don't, take like a linebacker, right? Yeah, they take a linebacker, and then, and then they also don't draft the quarterback because nobody went to his birthday party. Like, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Yeah, and like he didn't take the money or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. It's shocking that Kevin Costner did a sports movie. He never does that. <laughs> I suggest he does more of them. Rare, no, rare getting out of like his skin moment for him, yeah. Fever Pitch is not even, like, recognizable here. Like, there's been so many Boston movies that have been made that, I mean, I don't even, like, you mentioning Fever Pitch makes me think back, like, oh, yeah, Jimmy, like, you mentioned Jimmy Fallon was in it. Like, yeah. I, I don't even really remember watching that movie. Like, it oh, never registered okay. here locally. So after, like, The Town and The Departed, you guys are like, we're good here. Yeah. We, we've done this. Okay. Yeah, we got, we got enough Boston movies. I mean, we don't we don't need Jimmy Fallon doing, like, being a Red Sox fan. Like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love that movie. It was because it was so baseball. It was just so baseball. That's and a weird. That's like a really weird movie to love, man. Like, I do. I, I, I love I it. Remember watching? I I don't know what, why you would love that movie. You know what? He I was re- like a teacher, right? Like yeah, he's and, a teacher. Uh, he's a teacher. Like season tickets. 
Yeah, and ultimately he's got to choose her over the Red Sox, and and like, but there's so many, there's so many like just real moments from that. Like when he goes to the bar, and then he's like just down in the dumps because the Red Sox lost, and then he looks around, and then he sees all the different Red Sox players, and they're celebrating, and they're happy, and they're all having a good time, and he's like, he like it hit him, it hit him like a ton of bricks. Like, wait a second, they don't love this as much as I do. Like they're not they're, why aren't they as invested as I am? And it's just such a real fan to player moment because the players are just getting a paycheck for the most part, right? That's all they care about. And, and us fans, we take this way harder than they do, and it's just a reality of it. Yeah, so that was the turning point where I realized like, okay, should I be more serious about Drew Barrymore and less serious about the Red Sox? <laughs> Is that the premise? That's it. That's it. He yes, he loved the Red Sox because the Red Sox, they're there every day for you, come rain or shine, right? And if it rains, then they make it up to you, as he so eloquently puts. And uh yeah, you had to choose between the two. So it's a really nice movie. I, I'm, well, I'm sad they definitely that definitely we're not here for us this year. That's I, for sure. No, yeah. I'm sad that, that that movie gets lost in in the uh the Boston makeup because it's it's like it's one of those movies. Anytime it's on, I'm watching it, but it's barely on anymore. All right. Brian Barrett off the pike, ringer, Spotify. Uh, as much as we can go down the Boston memory lane with you. I'd rather I'd rather talk about the Patriots. I, I saw the injury report today. So Mac Jones is questionable. Mac Jones is not playing in this game, right? I can't see it. I mean if you think about it, all week he's been limited in practice. He's had they. There was a report early this week from Mike Giardi that essentially still the ankle. There's instability in it, and quite frankly, Jonathan, I don't see the reason to rush him back. I mean, it's not like it'd be one thing if it was Brian Hoyer out there, and I know that you mentioned on my podcast last night that a lot of people in Cleveland like Brian Hoyer, but mm-hmm. it's not like Brian Hoyer's out there and the Patriots haven't been successful moving the ball offensively. They've had success with Bailey Zappi playing quarterback, a lot of play action, and handing the ball off to Ramondre Stevenson. So I don't see the reason for them to push Mac to play when he's not 100% when they have seen over the past two weeks they have a guy that's completely capable. Like, if you're looking for a soft landing to bring Mac Jones back, it would be against the Chicago Bears on Monday Night Football. It wouldn't be against this Cleveland team. And quite frankly, like, Bailey Zappi has played well enough where – you could see him winning this game on Sunday, not doing too much. The Patriots have not put a whole lot on his plate, so I, I wouldn't see the reason to go back to Mac. Quite frankly, at this point, if he's fifty percent, if he's seventy percent, even if he's seventy-five or eighty percent, I'd rather have Bailey Zappi at one hundred percent than Mac Jones at seventy-five. Like we're not talking about in the family photo of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? It's not like it's like oh, you got to get Aaron Rodgers back or you got to get Lamar Jackson back. No, it's Mac Jones. And Mac Jones so far this season has played like a bottom 10 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, every number would tell you that. And watching him, the eye test would tell you he's played poorly. So I don't understand why they would try to rush him back. So, no, I don't think he's going to play. The other thing is I don't know why this is like a big thing with the Patriots. Like if they're trying to play this game where, oh, do they have to prepare for Mac? It's no different. I mean, Mac Jones is a pocket passer. It's no different. It's not like you're preparing for two different guys. Yeah, I don't. I didn't get the sense. By the way, I, it's interesting that the conversation in Boston is about preparing for two, two different guys. I didn't get the sense at all that the Browns are preparing for two, two different guys. No, it's the same thing. It's the same. It, well, except that the Patriots have actually. I mean, I do give Matt. I hate to do it, but I give Matt Patricia some credit here because essentially, since they put Bailey Zappi at quarterback, basically thirty-seven percent of his dropbacks have come out of play action. Mm-hmm. Matt Jones was just south of eleven percent. So they weren't really, Jonathan, digging into that low-hanging fruit in the NFL. They weren't using a lot of play action. They weren't using a lot of screens. And to the Patriots' credit, they have done a lot of that with Bailey Zappi. But the one thing, if you look at Mac Jones, where he's really struggled this season, 
is he's almost like channeled his inner Jamer, uh, Jameis Winston, rather, where he's throwing into a ton of tight windows, right? And he's throwing the ball up for grabs. He's throwing a ton of 50-50 balls. And that's not what you want to see in a Patriots offense. And that's definitely not what Bill Belichick wants to see, right? Bill's old school run the football, right, until like the latter decade with Brady where it was, became the passing game. But he wants to run the ball, play good defense, have the quarterback essentially not screw it up. And that's what Zappi's done. Matt Jones was not doing that through the first three weeks of the season. In fact, he was a detriment to the team. He threw some passes that were just mind-boggling. So is there a chance there that maybe Bill, the fair fickle, right? You're watched in Dallas. Dallas with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott should never be a conversation. It's a conversation, right? Uh, I mean, it, here, Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby's done fine, but we were having conversations if he went 9-2, and two, whether or not you'd legitimately start – Deshaun Watson when he returned. It's Deshaun Watson. That's a top five quarterback. I had Ross Tucker tell me you have to keep going with Jacoby Brissett if he's nine and two or eight and three. If he's winning games like that, you have to keep him in. Uh, is there any chance that Bill is just worried that Bailey Zappi comes out there, wins the Browns game, and there's just no turning back? You got to stay with the hot hand or you lose the locker room. Well, I can tell you that Bill doesn't care. He doesn't. I mean, this is a guy <laughs> that remember Drew Bloodsville back in two thousand and one relieved Brady in the AFC championship game, took them to the Super Bowl, and then Brady got the job back for the Super Bowl. Previous to that, when Drew Bledsoe came off the injured list after he suffered the concussion in week three, when the six-round pick Tom Brady took over for him, he kept with Tom Brady. And we've seen through the years, Bill doesn't care. He'll trade Richard Seymour. He'll trade Lawyer Malloy. It doesn't matter to Bill, right? I mean, he'll get rid of a guy like Stephon Gilmore. In fact, I mean, to his to – unpopular decision he got rid of Tom Brady like I mean you can say like Tom decided to leave but Bill wouldn't give him the money that essentially he wanted so Bill doesn't care about that whatsoever and I will say this like if we see a third consecutive solid game for Zappi where he doesn't screw it up and the Patriots play in this formula where it's running the football and as I'm sure you and all the listeners know like the Browns have been really bad in Mm -hmm. terms of defending the run if the Patriots can expose that and they play well defensively I think Bill is going to have real interesting dilemma in terms of hey do I keep riding the young kid but I don't think he's pressured at all because the one thing I think is Jonathan one thing we've noticed is this team has really rallied around Zappi like they really like the guy it seems like there's a new energy around the team since he took over and it does feel like Bill this is Bill's way to win like this is what Bill loves more than anything else right when it's just like it's defense it's running the football it's almost as if he got his team back. And what Max did in the first three weeks, that is like the opposite of Belichick in football. That is the last thing that Belichick wants to see. So I think, if anything, there's more pressure on Mac than anything else. I don't think Bill is thinking about Mac and Mac's long-term future. Like, ordinarily, an organization would look at it and say, okay, well, we took him 15th overall in the first round. We got to make sure we do everything for him. I, I don't think Bill thinks of that at all. If he thinks Zappi's the better player, he'll continue going with Zappi. He does not care. I mean, if he wins this weekend, I bet that's what continues to happen. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised that whatsoever. And I think there's a real argument to be made there because, as I said earlier, like, this isn't like Mac Jones, like, had secured this position long term. Like, Mac had not played well. Mac Jones, since the bye week after they had this great winning streak and they were the number one seed in the AFC, ever since that point, it's almost been under the radar. But Mac Jones has been really bad since that point. He was horrible in the Colts game. He is was horrible against the Bills. He was he actually did I'll give him credit. He showed up for the playoff game against the Bills, but he hasn't had many good games since then. And even the games they were winning Jonathan last year, 
there was not one game. I can tell you, there was not one game on the schedule where you could say, you know what, they won that game because of Mac. There, that was never the case. So if you have a quarterback that isn't having you lose the game, isn't putting your team in a position to lose, and you're still winning games, which guy are you going to go with? That's why I think, like, everybody sort of is, like, underplaying this whole, like, Jones versus Zappy thing where they're like, well, uh, yeah, of course Mac's going to get his job back. I'm not so sure of that. Brian Bear joining us here at 92.3 The Fan. All right, so tell me about the real show on Sunday. Ramondre Stevenson, the fourth-round pick out of Oklahoma. I, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't be scared of him, Brian. Why am I scared of him? No, you should be. I mean, this guy's really good. And I think it's interesting, too, because so Damian Harris goes down in the game last week. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. And I've always felt like not to sit like pat myself on the back to say, like, I think that Stevenson's the better back than Harris. But I've always thought that he was the more talented back. And if you look at all like the broken tackles per attempt and yards after contact, all that stuff over the past couple of years would tell you that, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson is the better running back than Damian Harris, but last week was sort of like his coming out party. And what we saw last week is a variety of things. He, he caught a screen pass. He had a spin move to make a guy miss. Then he made another guy miss. And then on like two plays later, he got a carry where he stiffed arm a defensive tackle. So he can be Jonathan, one of the best running backs in the NFL. Now I'm not talking about Nick Chubb territory where he's the best running back in the NFL, but I think he can be in that top five group. In fact, like the individual numbers, the play-by-play stuff would tell you that. I mean, if you look at it, the yards after contact, in terms of an actual attempt base, he's right ahead of Nick Chubb. He's 4.24 yards per attempt compared to Chubb, who's 4.23. Now, obviously, Chubb leads the world in terms of the totality of that statistic, but on a per-play basis, Stevenson's been right there. The problem for Stevenson, Jonathan, Mm -hmm. you realize last week was the first time he got north of 14 carries. Think about that. (laughs) This guy is producing at an unbelievable level. And it's no, like, disrespect to Damian Harris, who's a good player, but that injury sort of was eye-opening, I think, for not only Patriots fans, but I think it had to have been for the staff as well to realize, wow, he's the far superior player. Well, I just made me more scared. Uh, Brian Barrett, host of Off the Pike, Ringer, Spotify. Check it out. I just, I, we did the podcast last night. It dropped earlier this morning. You guys want to hear me on there and all Brian's thoughts. And uh, do you do the, do you do the post game live stuff too or no? Uh, we don't do it live, but we get one up like right after the game. So we have basically almost after every game, we'll have James White on and, you know, we'll go through what happens. So we'll be on right after the game. We'll get something up by. Seven eight o'clock. All right, great. I'll definitely be listening, and hopefully we can just be talking about how the sky is falling in uh, a different city that Cleveland just ran through once again. Either way, regardless, either way, I'll listen. Either way, I promise. Uh, but any Cleveland fan out there that you want the inside track on what's going on in Boston, nobody better than my guy Brian Barrett. Brian, appreciate you, man. Uh, continued success, and, and we'll talk to you later, man. Thanks. All right, before I go, let me say go Guardians and screw Kyrie. <laughs> we have no problems <laughs> with anything you just said. Zero problems at all. Thanks, Brian. All right, bro. See you, man. Brian Barrett right there in the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. 
Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.